listening to the Very Brave podcast, the podcast for women who are looking to find their brave and take more bold steps in life. We'll be chatting with women from all walks of life about redefining bravery away from just physical and heroic battlefield acts and being more inclusive of emotional, moral and spiritual bravery. The very things women the world over are participating in every single day. If you're ready to be inspired by stories of feminine bravery from across the globe and you know it's time to make your next bold move, then get comfortable, grab a coffee and let's get started. Hello there and thank you so much for joining me on these discussions about bravery. Today I have with me Eliza Brevard Rodriguez. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your backstory, first of all? Well, in business, it started um, in 2015. And it really, but my entrepreneurial sphere really started when I was a kid. I grew up, had, you know, kind of tough beginnings. My mom was a single parent and we lived in uh, public housing. And it took a while for her to kind of get us in a better place. So, you know, we didn't really start to do better until I was a little bit older. Um, but we lived in these housing projects and I just, I don't know, I just had like a knack for business, for sales. So I would go next door to everybody in, in the projects. That's what we refer to, refer to them as, um, and sell candy bars. And I also would do that in, uh, in school out of my locker, going to Costco's and buying them in bulk and then selling them. <laughs> and then I also had a paper route, which obviously is like, aging myself, right? Who delivers a paper anymore? But yeah, I just always knew that there's like something in me. But my family, I never had anybody in my family who was any type of entrepreneur, like business owner, anything like that. So when I dove in, in about 2015, that was um, right after I had gotten deployed, or right before I got deployed, I should say. And um, my wife and I had started a fitness apparel clothing line. And then we developed it into a brick and mortar facility now known as a sweat sauna studio in 2018. And we uh, have two locations. And then just about a month and a half ago, we developed it into a franchise. So as the years are progressing, we're definitely growing. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And are you still an active member of the, uh, of the military? I am. I am. So I actually just came home uh, in August. Mm-hmm. After being deployed throughout all of COVID to the Middle East, and I have two years on left on my contract, and then once I'm done, I think I'm going to hang up the hat and really just bet on myself full time, hundred percent entrepreneur, all in. <laughs> Amazing. So, tell me a little bit about um, how you define bravery for yourself, because you, there's actually uh, obviously a definition that the military might have and they hand out bravery awards for, but what I'm interested in what bravery means to you personally. For me, being brave is diving into the unknown, like taking that leap of faith. And again, mm-hmm. like really coming from a family that I didn't have any role models or idols or guidance, mentorship in this particular field or industry. So to be able to just say, I'm going to, I'm going to blindly jump into this thing that I have no idea about, like people just see blanketed. Okay. I'm going to start a business, but it's so much more, right? Like I had to learn how to do QuickBooks, 
how to run payroll, how to pay quarterly taxes, how to make graphics. I became the wearer of all the hats. And I was like, hey, I just wanted to make this place mm-hmm. that was really great for people. And here I am with a thousand other tasks that I have no idea what I'm doing. But yeah, that was that was definitely bravery for me. And then also to continue to do so amongst adversity. And that's like, so bravery to me is like being able to take the leap of faith and then not giving up, right? To continue to do so because I've had tremendous adversity that has happened in the midst of my entrepreneurial journey. And um, I refuse to quit. So. And can you tell us a little bit about uh, the adversity? I, I imagine having a bricks and mortar store that COVID knocked you around a bit. Right. So a few different avenues that have been kind of like with roadblocks. So the first was when I very, when I first opened, um, there was all this conversation about all these different benefits for uh, veterans and funding for businesses. And I tried to cash in on a lot of those opportunities that I learned about. And I hit a huge roadblock right before my opening. Now, at this point, like my funding, it was uh, it was through the SBA and the funding had gotten approved. So once I got the green light, I was like, OK, great, I'm going to start purchasing things, start uh, building the facility, getting everything together. And then last minute, they pulled the plug on my funding because I couldn't get a 10 year lease. Now, I didn't, again, like not being very business savvy, I didn't know that one of the requirements for the SBA was a 10-year lease. And I live in a, in a major metropolitan city where it's just impossible to get something like that. If you do, it has to be a brand new development that they're going to give you such a lengthy lease. Um, and the rent is going to be astronomical. So in the location that I got, uh, the, the landlord was not willing to give such a lengthy lease because, you know, he's probably going to, to sell it one day sooner than that time frame. So that put me in a bit of a bind. And I ended up having to fund the entire startup of the business and a lot of working capital with all that money that I had saved from that deployment that year prior. You are listening to The Very Brave Podcast. So that money was, you know, savings that I didn't intend on using to start a business. I was going to, you know, go a traditional um, bank funding route. And I did everything to make sure that I could qualify. Like I had to have collateral. So I bought my first house. Like I did all these things in preparation to be able to get qualified. And I'm like, and then the last hiccup is really like a lease, like the day, the time frame of a lease, not even getting a lease. So that was a... That was a huge sign to me that this road was not going to be a, a, a funny phrase that I always say is that the, the, the road to success is never paved. So mm-hmm. this road was not going to be paved. It was going to be bumpy. Um, and I just kept kind of trucking along. And then two years or about a year and a half in, then COVID happens. You know, obviously we had to close our doors, lay off our staff. I learned a lot, again, about business and different ways to pivot and things that I should have had implemented that COVID made me quickly learn. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have an e-commerce store when mm-hmm. e-commerce was doing incredible during COVID. But as a brick and mortar facility that was selling a service, we had a lot of people that were intentionally, they were first off intentionally spending because of COVID. And they knew like people were talking about, you know, like supporting small businesses. So people were trying to like buy gift cards or anything that they could do to support those businesses. But also in the in like the midst of COVID was also a lot of the Black Lives Matter incidents that was happening 
with George Floyd. So there was a lot of spending around minority and, and Black-owned businesses in particular. So I missed the mark there twice. I had two great opportunities of revenue, like, and I just, I didn't have an online store. I didn't, all of the merchandise that we sell, like the clothes and stuff, like I had none of it online. So we had to learn how to pivot and, and implement that. And then also I'll say lastly is the military, just like balancing that job essentially. Right. And the push and pull that it requires of me. Mm -hmm. I was deployed once before opening in 2015 or before starting the clothing line in 2015. And then I was deployed just this last year. So we had reopened, rehired, rebranded, did the e-commerce, like all these things. And then boom, I get orders that say that I have to leave. Mm -hmm. So then I had to teach my wife how to do everything that I do and really manage all of that in my absence. So I mean, we're talking a three-year span here, 2018 and now, that all these different things happen and we've just had to pivot and maneuver and adjust and keep going. And um, you were, or you are recently married as well. So uh, in the last couple of years, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Married in uh, 2015. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and I imagine that um, that that's not easy in itself, relationship dynamic wise, um, with you being deployed and the the unknown that um, that that brings, and by your own definition of bravery, being diving into the unknown. I guess yourself and your wife, you accept a fair amount of bravery just being a in the relationship, don't you? With you with you going away, yeah, for sure. There has to be a certain level of confidence and trust in each other because you know in my absence she is me and in her absence I am her like we have to fully be able to represent each other without you know having a conversation about what you know like especially I was on the other side of the world right so if something has to if something is imminent and she has needs an answer I can't always respond mm. instantly so it's like I think Eliza would do this like mm. this is a good move and we just got to pray on it that when I wake up, it was a good decision. Like, yeah, there's a tremendous amount of trust that has to happen. And, um, you know, she's incredible because she's just taken on so much, especially with me being gone this past year. Like we have a two-year-old, that's a lot in itself, you know? So just being a full-time mom, working from home for her, like, cause she also has a regular job and managing the business, having a supportive partner that's, that the roles can be interchangeable is just so critical. Yeah. And uh, here in Australia, um, we have a an award or a series of awards that are handed out every year by our Governor General. Um, we have a head of state because we're part of the Commonwealth. So the Queen's still Queen of England is still our um, official person, <laughs> and uh, and she has a representative here, and he hands out bravery a set of bravery awards. And this year, uh, they handed out eighty six of them. And they were for extraordinary physical feats, pulling people out of fires, saving people from floods, stopping people from being stabbed or shot. And this year, 80 of them went to men. And that got me to thinking that I wondered if bravery in our everyday lives meant something different to us than, than what, well, certainly the Governor General is rewarding people for. And I don't usually get to speak to people who um, have been in the military or are currently serving where 
you know, you do actually see every every day when you're serving these these physical acts. You are listening to the Very Brave Podcast. Do you feel like um, what society rewards and, and gives a medal to is out of step with how we feel about bravery in our everyday lives? I think so, because um, those situations are kind of like anomalies. And really, those people that that step up in those situations, it could be circumstantial. You know, maybe you're in the right place at the right time. You're not out there seeking out to go save somebody from a flood, you know? Um, and then for those that are doing it part of a job, well, that's your role, right? Like, mm. I never, people say thank you for your service all the time and it's appreciated. But the reality is, is it's a job that I signed up to do. So you don't have to thank me. I don't thank you when you, you know, whatever you do and you pump the gas, give groceries, whatever it is that mm. someone does, like, you know, I mean, you're appreciative that they're there and they're doing their job. But the reality is, is that their job, that's their job. So firefighter, that's their job. Police officers, those are their jobs. As a service member, protecting the country of, you know, the United States and our, our allies, that's my job. But I think that we overlook just basic um, bravery and, and adversary, ad- adversity that people go through because you know, for me, I just feel like on a daily basis, kindness is brave, right? Like so many people don't practice or exercise kindness to people. And I think anybody can really relate to that. So I, and, and I think also when it comes to something that is um, actionable, it's, it's sometimes always male related because these are jobs that are heavily male dominated fields. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there could be a police officer or a firefighter who's a female who's doing something. But I mean, if you look at the numbers, it's mostly men who have those jobs. So the reality is that there's always going to be men that are commended for it. But I think some of the things that happen on a daily basis, especially that that women go through and how they feel about bravery. Um, yeah, I definitely think that we we overlook it. And we don't commend people enough for the small things that are not happening circumstantially, that are like intentional. And so apart from diving into the unknown, how do you know if you're being brave? Is it something that you reflect on later and realize, yeah, that was brave? Or do you know in the moment because of something that's happening that you're being brave or you're using courage? I'm smiling because I think that that's two parts. I think it could be both. And for me, it's definitely been both. There's sometimes, more times than not, especially in the business and entrepreneurial world that I'm like, I'm about to, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I say that every day, like I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. that that's the key word for or phrase for entrepreneurs. Like if you don't know what you're doing, then you're in the right step in the (laughs) right direction. So when I have that feeling, I'm like, I, I'm going to do something brave. I'm going to do something courageous. Um, and hopefully that, you know, this pans out in my favor, but then I think that there's, and this could be the service member in me that I'm just like an action oriented person. And when something is happening, like Mm -hmm. a circumstantial event where someone is getting hurt or someone needs help. And I just kind of spring into action that I don't think about it. Mm -hmm. And that could just be my training and, you know, what I've done. And then after I'm like, Instead of actually saying that was really brave, sometimes I kind of say that was really dumb or that was really silly. Like mm. you could have really got yourself hurt or you could have, you know, you probably should have put a little bit more thought into that. But again, like just talking about kindness and 
I'm like a really big like humanitarian. I just love to help people. So a lot of times I, I, that's always like my first thought, not like what could happen to me or if this doesn't pan out right. Um, and I just kind of do it. And then after I'm like, yeah, you probably should put a little bit more thought into that, but we're still here and they're (laughs) safe or whatever happened is good. And you know, (laughs) all is well in the world. And, uh, I read that you used to scream from the rooftops what your, um, entrepreneurial ideas and goals were but then you learnt to only share them with like-minded people can you tell me about that a little bit yes so because I come from a background that like when I tell you I truly like I took an SBA course it's called boots to business no one even like really knows about this course because no one really cashes in on any of these uh Mm. programs that they put together but I found out about it and I was like this is going to be my crash course to business like I'm going to take this class and it's going to help me and um I pretty much just I never knew stuff right so I again like being a humanitarian and wanting to help people I want other people to like not have to go over all the hurdles that I did. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I'm like, when someone starts to have like a short conversation, it could be the most random person. And this, and this, this was like a really big downfall of mine. And my wife has kind of reeled me back because if you needed assistance or you needed help or you needed guidance, you needed any type of idea. I was like the first one to throw it out there. Like somebody's like, yeah, I've been thinking about doing this thing. And the first thing I'm like, all right, so did you check the square footage of the of the place? Did you, did you get a contractor to come in and do, and all right, so sign up for QuickBooks. I'm going to send you my referral. Like I have like all, <laughs> my wife is like, babe, they just told you that they were like thinking of starting this thing. And I'm like, yeah, but like, they don't know this, this, this. And then mm-hmm. it got to a point where I like my bandwidth I just started to like overextend myself and just share too much too often, always from such a kind place, just a good place. And I had to learn that I had to start to keep things to myself, whether it was my own business ideas or just advice to others and, 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 and just really learn who my people are, learn who my circle is, really pour into them and not to overextend myself. That was like one of my biggest flaws. I just truly, truly overextend myself. And that's why now I keep everything either into my small team or my wife, who, like I said, is my rock and just stop sharing everything uh, under the sun. (laughs) Ready to wake up every day and live your bravest life? Sign up today for our 365 Days of Brave, and you will receive a daily brave message from Rachel Evans herself directly into your inbox, completely free of charge. Go to bravemedianetwork.com backslash 365 and sign up for your daily brave messages today. Did you ever experience uh, negativity like when you did go to share an idea because you were just so excited about it? Did you experience negativity from people who were perhaps showing you that they were afraid of ever doing something like that themselves. So they're trying to pull you back to where they were. Absolutely. That's, that's very, that's very common. Mm. People kind of use you as the vessel Mm. of what they're going through. And when you share with them your positivity and your optimism and your, what you think is a great idea, their hesitation and fear starts to impede and they spill it over to you. Mm. Like, oh, can you really do that? Are you really sure? And that's why, again, like I've really started to 
hone in on like, who are my people? Who are the people that are going to like continue to help me thrive and not kind of sprinkle the negative energy over what I think are great ideas? Because even my business right now, you know, perception is an interesting thing because you can talk to one person and they think it's incredible. And then you talk to another person years ago before I started who would have said, I don't think this would ever work. And now here I go with two locations and a franchise. So mm-hmm. I've really learned not to let um, other people's and, and, and sometimes it's negativity, but really sometimes it's like other people's just like their own stuff. Yeah. Like they're just putting their own stuff on you. It's not really that they don't want to see you win or that they don't want to see you thrive or that they don't think that you are the person. Cause sometimes like a good idea is really dependent on that individual, right? How everybody knows themselves. If you don't have any drive, if you don't have any tenacity, then, then yeah, like everything that you pour into is not going to do well because you're not putting your all. But for people that knew me, I'm like, you guys know me. I put my all into every single thing that I do. So for people to kind of still be hesitant, it's like, this is not your idea of me. This is your idea of yourself and you're, Mm -hmm. and you're letting it really drive you in that direction. So yeah. So now, like I said, I just, I keep myself, I keep my things to myself. And, um, and then when it works, people see that it works and I don't have to do any convincing. I'm not in the business of convincing people. Yeah. In Australia, we have a, a name for when people project their, their stuff onto you and, um, and try and cut you down for moving forward. It's called tall poppy syndrome. Um, tall poppy syndrome. Where's that derived from? I guess the, um, in the field, the tallest poppy is always the one that comes and, you know, gets harvested first because it's, yeah, it's, it's a real thing here. It's quite sad, especially for uh, a lot of women who want to move forward and, you know, even, um, even their, their partners, whether that's uh, a man or a woman you know, not supporting them and, yeah, so off with the top of the poppy and they shrink back down again, <laughs> yeah. Um, and just just finally, how do you think as women uh, we can support each other to do more brave things so that we move ahead? Well, I think number one is the language that we're using in the projection of how we're receiving someone's idea. That's that's key number one. Because you you, we were just talking about you know people spewing their negativity to you. I think that there's a difference between telling someone like, no, this is a terrible idea; it's not going to work, and being uh, being able to provide them guidance that's not coming off in a negative way. Because sometimes that could be a two way street, right? Like the other person doesn't like how you're receiving whatever the idea is. And then they're like, yeah, no, I'm I'm not going to deal with you. And it's like, Hey, I wasn't telling you that this wasn't going to work in my business experience. Maybe you should try these angles. I think the first step is finding the right language or intentionally using the right language to say, I'm here. I support you. It's not that I don't think that this is a good idea, but let me guide you with, you know, mentorship in, in this realm. And that's also another way of assisting them, right? Like the mentorship. If you've mm-hmm. been through it, you've been through that obstacle, if you know how to overcome it, why are you going to watch somebody else do it? Mm-hmm. That's something to me that I never understood. People will see someone making the same mistake that they went, that they that they went through and just watch it play out. So in America, what we call that is a hater. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, right? Like, 
why why would you know i mean if it's not if it's not costing you anything whether that be like mentally monetarily however like if it's not costing you anything just lift them up mm. that's it if you've been through it and you know how to do it like you know i had to go and sit through this course that was however many hours if there's a gem or two that i pulled out of that that i can tell you know someone else a, a, another fellow aspiring business owner how to do that thing I think we should start doing that a little bit more. I think there's a lot of talk about uplifting women, but there's not enough action. You are listening to The Very Brave Podcast. That's one of my biggest, like, aggravates the heck out of me is that I see all these groups with, but but I don't see the action behind it. And I'm like, listen, it's nice to have a group of friends or, you know, people on Instagram to follow or these pages that are inspirational, but we need to actually be putting in the work, putting in the action and doing what we need to do to actually uplift each other. Not just, mm-hmm. not just say it or, or because mm-hmm. it's like a trend word right now or a trend thing to do, like actually do it. Yeah, I totally agree. I think there's a coach in you just waiting to come out down the track. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Eliza, thank you so much for sharing um, your story with me today and for your thoughts on bravery. Good luck with your franchising. It sounds like a a pretty cool business that you've got there and uh, all the best. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to the Very Brave Podcast. If you like this episode, please follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Also, remember to give us a rating and review. I'll be reading out reviews on future podcast episodes, and I'd love to share your insights. For more information and additional resources, check out the website at www.therealrachel.com and www.bravemedianetwork.com. I love hanging out on Instagram as well. So make sure you follow me there at The Real Rachel Evans. And let's continue this conversation. I look forward to chatting with you next time.